You are listening to a podcast by Spring Hill Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Spring Hill Church is called to reach everyday people with God's grace, His unconditional love, and the life-changing power of His Word. Thanks for listening, and if you would like more information, you can visit us online at springhill.cc. All right, let's pray. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace, your faithfulness in our lives. Father, we thank you for just being so good to us and loving us and caring for us the way that you do. We thank you for Jesus, all that he's done for us. Thank you for the price that he paid, his shed blood, and, and thank you that he purchased our forgiveness, our salvation, our healing, our peace, and everything that we have need of is found in him. And Lord, we're just so grateful for that. We thank you for it. Thank you for the word tonight. Father, we expect to receive and and be taught tonight. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, who Jesus said is the teacher, to reveal and to bring to light the truth that we need. And Father, we thank you for it, and we believe you for it in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, well, I'm going to... You don't have to turn there if you don't don't necessarily want to, but of course I'm going to mention John 21 and 25, which is our foundation scripture that we've been using for this particular series. This is week 12 of our uh, study on the healings of Jesus. And so what we're doing is we're going through uh, the four gospels and we're looking at the 19 recorded cases of healings in Jesus' ministry. And uh, we're just gleaning all the truth that we can from them. John 21, 25, and I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified Bible. It says this, And there are also many other things which Jesus did, if they should all be recorded one by one in detail, I suppose, John speaking, that even the world itself could not contain or have room for the books that would be written. So again, uh, you know, even in the four Gospels, in their entirety, we don't have everything that Jesus said and did, obviously. Uh, you can imagine, uh, you know, what one person could accomplish in, in three and a half years of ministry. And uh, so, obviously, we don't have it all, but we have what the Holy Spirit wanted us to have. We have the, the, the cases that He wanted us to see, even though there were innumerable amount of healings and miracles that were performed. And of course, uh, you know, as we'll see in just a second, uh, sermons that Jesus preached. and um, But we have the ones that the Holy Spirit wanted us to have, and uh, I'm glad because it's enough. It's more than enough to be able to accomplish what He wanted to accomplish in our lives. And so, uh, you know, as I have been admonishing you all, all every week as we've been studying these things, we're looking at every one of these cases so that we can learn what the people did to receive from the Lord. Because again, as I have said, if we will learn what they did to receive, we can get what they got. So that's why we're studying these things in detail. We're looking at them. And as I encourage you, uh, pay attention to the details. Uh, you know, in any study of the Word of God that you do, pay attention to all the details. Two things that we're wanting to accomplish in this is not only to learn how to receive healing for ourselves. By the way, let me just say this. It is the will of God for you to be healed. 
It's the will of God for everyone to be healed. Jesus paid the price for all of us to be healed and to be able to have health in our bodies. And so I just wanted to say that, but, but also it's, it's for us to be able to receive our own healing, but it's also for us to look at some things so that we can study how, how Jesus ministered healing. And of course he was the best example so that we can help people and minister healing to them. Now, the, we, we looked at a couple of scriptures. We won't turn there for the sake of time, but Matthew 4.23, Matthew 4.23 and Matthew 9.35, which talk about how Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Uh, Matthew 9.35 says basically the same thing, except it says he healed every sickness and every disease among the people. You know, there was not one disease that Jesus was not able to heal. There was not one sick person that ever came to him wanting to receive that he denied and turned away. There was never one person that he, he said, well, you know, it might just be the Father's will for you to have this situation. He didn't say that one time. And uh, so everybody that came in contact with Jesus that needed healing, they were able to receive. And I want to just, again, say to each of us, healing is available to us just as, it, just as much as it was under Jesus' ministry. And so a um, couple of things that we've mentioned every week, and that is this, why do we need to study these things? Why do we need to hear ministry on healing because what you hear is going to be what you have faith to receive. You know, mm -hmm. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And, uh, you know, I love that verse because it, it implies that faith comes by hearing in a continuous sense. In other words, faith doesn't come by just hearing something one time. It comes by hearing something over and over and over again until it registers down in your heart. Um, you know, a lot of people have knowledge in their heads, but what God is after us having is revelation knowledge, revealed knowledge down in our hearts, because that's what's going to make the difference for us. And so, and I encourage you, you know, in all these weeks and, and in the weeks that we have left, I encourage you, if you're in need of healing, purpose to receive your healing as these things are being taught, because I can't think of a better environment to receive your healing than when we're talking about healing. And so I'm excited about this. But let's go over and look at tonight's case in, in Luke chapter 4, verses 38 and 39. Luke 4, verses 38 and 39. Now, if you'll recall, uh, Jesus went up to Nazareth and uh, they gave him a hard time, didn't want to receive from his ministry. And so after that happened... Jesus relocated his ministry from Nazareth down to Capernaum, which was a, a town on the, the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And so when Jesus moved down to Capernaum, the first thing he did, which he did most every time that he would go into a particular town, would be he, he went to the synagogue to teach. And so he goes into the synagogue to teach, and the scripture teaches us or tells us that there was a uh, a demon-possessed man that was in the synagogue who began to yell out. The demon began to manifest itself. And long story short, Jesus cast the demon out of the man. And then as soon as Jesus walks out of the synagogue, he goes over to Peter's house. And so let's pick up in verse 39. It says, Now he arose from the synagogue 
38 rather, he arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now, I, I just want to point this out to you. Again, details. Notice Simon was not a poor man. Okay? He owned his own business. He, he was in a fishing business with his brother Andrew. Uh, James and John had their own fishing business with their father Zebedee. So these men were successful businessmen, and Peter had a house. And so it's, it's noted, and, and actually in where Capernaum is today, they believe they have found the house where Peter lived. And so you can look that up, Google that. But anyway, he arose, Jesus arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house. But Simon's wife's mother, his mother-in-law, was sick with a high fever, and they made request of him concerning her. In verse 39, so he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her, and immediately she arose and served them. Now this might seem like a, a small case, but in these two verses is packed a whole bunch, and we're going to extract as much as we can out of it. So let's look at verse 38. Now he arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house, but Simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever. Now I want to ask you a question. Who wrote this particular gospel? Luke. Luke did. Does anybody know what Luke did for uh, an occupation prior to becoming a disciple? A physician. A doctor? He was a physician. He was a doctor. Okay. Now, what I encourage you to do as you study Luke's gospel and the book of Acts, uh, Luke wrote the book of Acts as well, I want you to pay attention because Luke, being a doctor, is very detailed in his writings. So you'll get some insight on some things from Luke's writings uh, that you don't necessarily get from Matthew, Mark, and John just simply because he was more detailed in his writings. And so, and particularly when it, when it refers to or talking about physical conditions in people's bodies. So notice it says that, that Peter's wife's mother was sick with a high fever. Now Luke was being a physician made sure to note that Peter's mother-in-law was sick with a high fever. What's interesting about this phrase, high fever, in the Greek is the word high there is the Greek word megos. We talked a little bit about that word last week, uh, and it means huge or great or, or gigantic. And um, so what was going on in, in Peter's mother-in-law's, and by the way, we don't know her name, but what was going on in her body was not just something that was a passing sickness. It was not just a, you know, she had a slight headache or something like that. This was a major situation. I love what the Amplified Bible, it says. Now, it says this. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was suffering in the grip of a burning fever. So mm -hmm. whatever was causing this fever in Peter's mother-in-law, it was a serious thing. It was not something that they were taking lightly. And uh, Luke noted her serious condition. And so uh, obviously it was something that got their attention because they, they got Jesus involved in the situation when he came into the house. Now look at verse 39. It says, so Jesus stood over her and rebuked the fever and it left her and immediately he arose or she arose rather and served them. Now, there in this particular verse, 
is so much detail. So let's look at the first part. It says, Jesus stood over her and rebuked the fever. Now I want you to notice something, his method of healing. Notice he didn't touch her. He didn't lay hands on her. He didn't spit on her like we saw some of the other cases. He didn't, he didn't do anything except he didn't even talk to her per se. But notice what happened. It says he stood over her and rebuked the fever. Now, something that I want you to note is this, and we're going to expound on this, but look at this. The fever heard him. So what that tells me is, and, and this is going to sound strange, and I'll explain, but notice the fever had ears. The sickness had the ability to hear. Okay? Mm -hmm. So it says that Jesus rebuked the fever. Now, what's interesting about this word rebuke, in the Greek word, it's the Greek word epitimeo, and uh, it's E-P-I, T-O-M-A-O, and it's interesting, it's two compound words, and it means this, to evaluate upon. So what Jesus did when he walked in and he saw Peter's mother-in-law in this condition with her high fever, he evaluated it, but yet he evaluated it through his eyes and placed his evaluation on it. And th this word goes on to say that he strictly charged it, he forbid it, or the word even can mean to punish it. So Jesus, when he stood and he rebuked the fever, now we don't know exactly what he said. Luke did not record that detail. But notice he did not speak to the lady. He spoke to the fever. He rebuked it. He, he punished it. He forbid it from staying in her body and uh, used, the, the word also um, implies urgent authority strong, urgent authority. So what Jesus did is he spoke to this fever in the authority that he knew that he had as the anointed man of God, son of God that he is and was, and he charged this fever and forbid it to stay in her body. So he rebuked it. Okay. Now, James chapter 4 in verse 7. Put your little marker there in Luke 4. We're going to come back there. But let's go over to James chapter 4 and let's look at some other scriptures. James chapter 4, right after the book of Hebrews. And uh, let's look at a brief scripture there. James wrote. Now, anybody know who James was that wrote this epistle? Jesus, brother. Jesus, well, half brother, brother of Jesus. Yeah, half brother of Jesus. So, I, I want you to imagine, okay, how he observed Jesus operate. All right. So, and he had more opportunity to see Jesus operate than anybody else did because he was part of his household. But notice verse seven. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Mm -hmm. Now, I think sometimes, and I've said this before, but uh, it bears repetition. I think there's some things that we tolerate that we don't have to tolerate. Amen. 
And there's Amen. some things that you and I can resist and rebuke mm -hmm. in yeah. the name of Jesus and not tolerate certain things to take place in, in, mm -hmm. as, as Jesus did in this situation. So it, it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. In the Greek word, or the Greek language, the word means this, to stand against whether in deed or word. To stand against something, and in this case, Jesus did it by his words. So, so I want to say this to you. When you rebuke sickness, you're rebuking the devil. When you rebuke lack, you're rebuking the devil. Mm -hmm. Don't get caught up in thinking you've got to address the devil all the time. Address the situation. Notice Jesus didn't speak to the devil, although the devil was ultimately behind this fever that she was experiencing. He rebuked the sickness. He spoke to the sickness. Now, let me ask you a question. Did the sickness stay? No, no, no. no. It left. It fled. So Jesus spoke to the sickness, spoke to the fever, and the fever had to respond to the words of Jesus. So here's what I want you to see. Jesus showed us how to deal with sickness. How did he deal with it? He talked to it. And so many times, and I'm just as guilty as any of us, but so many times we tolerate things and we never open our mouths to deal with it. We never say any words to counter whatever it is that's working uh, in, in our lives. So Jesus showed us how to deal with the sickness. You talk to it. You answer it. You rebuke it. You take charge of it. Uh, we have a saying in our modern day that says, let it know who's boss. Okay. Yes. Because in the name of Jesus, you are the boss of what happens in your life. All right. And that's clearly... Uh, something that we need to understand. Uh, you know, and listen, let me say this to you. You are responsible for not only your own life, but if you have children, young children in your household, mm -hmm. you're responsible for them. You can use your authority to minister mm -hmm. on their behalf. Or if somebody comes up to you and, you know, of course I have this happen as a pastor, but if you have somebody that comes up to you and says, will you please pray for me? You, they've given you permission. Now you need to deal with that sickness and disease. So yes, pray, but you need to do some talking to that sickness and disease. You need to do what Jesus did. What did he do? He spoke his word and he forbid that fever to stay in that woman's body. He told it, it had to go. All right. So someone might say, but you know, pastor, that was Jesus. Well, I'm glad you said that. Go back with me to the gospel of John. Okay. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. And look at verse 12. John chapter 14 and verse 12. All right. I'm a little excited about this tonight, so if I get wound up, y'all just excuse me. John 14, verse 12, somebody said, but, but that was Jesus. That, that was Jesus operating in that. And yeah, you're right when you say that, but listen to what this verse says. John 14, 12, most assuredly, by the way, this is Jesus talking because it's in red. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me 
the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. Listen to the Bible in basic English of this particular verse. Truly I say to you, he who puts his faith in me will do the very works which I do, and he will do greater things than these, because I am going to my Father. So what's Jesus saying? That Jesus is saying to us that as believers, as people that are born again, as people that, that are washed in the blood of Jesus, that we can do the same thing that he did. That when the, when the need arises, if we need to rebuke sickness and disease, we can rebuke sickness and disease, whether it's in our own body or in the body of somebody that we're ministering to. So we are authorized to rebuke in our own lives and in the lives of those in our authority, uh, sickness and disease. We can speak to it. Now, the scripture implies, it, it says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, that we are God's ambassadors. So you and I are God's representatives. We are Jesus' representatives in the earth to carry out His will, plan, and purpose in the earth. So when we do as He did in His name, guess what? We will get the same results that He got. Somebody said, but I tried that, Pastor, and it didn't work for me. That You know what me to tell you why? Because you tried it. Amen. Now, I'm not a big one to quote movies, but uh, Yoda, if you remember Yoda from the Star Wars, he made a line to, to Luke Skywalker one time. He said, there is no try, there's just do. That's it. Okay. Amen. And, you know, it's true where the Word of God is concerned. Where these things are concerned, listen, you either believe it or you don't. There is no, I'll try it and see if it works. No, you need to be convinced in your own heart that if I it, this disease that's trying to attack my body, if I speak to it in the name of Jesus, it has to hear me just like it heard Jesus. Amen. All right? So Luke 10, verse 19. Go back to Luke, Luke 10, verse 19. Now, I love this. Jesus... In, in Luke chapter 10, and, and there's a period of time that's covered in this chapter, but Luke sent, excuse me, Jesus sent 70 of his disciples out to minister on his behalf. He mm -hmm. gave them some instructions. He told them what to do, and he sent 70 of his disciples out to go and minister on his behalf. And so they enjoyed some success. They had success. They were able to go out and cast demons out in Jesus' name. They prayed for people and they were healed. And they came back to Jesus. In verse 17, it says, Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. In verse 18 of Luke 10, it says, And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Verse 19, Behold, I give you the authority. The old King James says power, but the, the actual word is authority. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions 
and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, when Jesus uh, was referring to serpents and scorpions, he wasn't necessarily literally talking about snakes and bugs, okay? But what he was talking about, he was making a reference to the kingdom and the powers of darkness. And he said, I give you the authority to trample on them. The word trample in the Greek language means um, to walk on. It means to treat with insult or contempt. Okay? Uh, the thing that comes to my mind is uh, anybody familiar with an, uh, an old wine press, how a wine press worked? You know, literally mm -hmm. back in that day, uh, they would, if they were pressing out grapes, they had a huge container that they would put the grapes in and they would press a board down on top of the grapes to try and ex extract the grapes, uh, uh, the juice out of the grapes in order to make wine. And mm -hmm. so this word in the Greek language actually means to trample in a wine press. So notice this, Jesus said, I'm giving you authority to walk all over and to trample on the power of the enemy. Again, we tolerate things we don't have to tolerate. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and uh, listen, I'm not one to tell you to go, you know, hunt demons under every bush and behind every door. But what I am telling you is, is that when it is clear that it is an attack of the enemy, open your mouth and use the authority that Jesus has given you and stop mm -hmm. the attack. All right. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, Jesus sent these 70 disciples out. Let me ask you a question. Now, this was before he went to the cross. Do you think he would enable these 70 with some supernatural ability and not give you and me as born-again believers washed in his blood with his name the same or more ability? Mm -mm. Of course. Okay, so he didn't give them something that he doesn't give us. So True. just as the powers of darkness had to listen to the disciples in Luke 10, they have to listen to you. Now, one thing you need to understand, okay? Um, mm -hmm. The devil is a liar. Now, I know we say that, but let me illustrate what I mean. What he will do is he will try and make you think he didn't listen to you or he doesn't have to listen to you because mm -hmm. he wants to see if you really believe what you say you believe. So mm -hmm. what he'll do is he'll, if you rebuke, the, the, let's say you speak to the fever or the sickness or whatever, the sickness is going to stick around to see if you really believe what you said. Mm. All right. So what you have to do is you have to stand your ground and let it know. I mean business. I, I mean what I say. Okay. Now in, uh, let me read this verse to you out of the Amplified Bible, Luke 10, 19. He said this, Behold, I have, I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses. Get this. Jesus said in the Amplified Bible, there is not one little aspect of the power that the, the devil possesses that you do not have power under. All right? Hallelujah. There is not one, one part 
of him that you do not have power over. So mm. you have power over all the power of the enemy. The easy to read version, I like this, listen to this. Jesus said to them, I saw Satan falling like lightning from the sky. He is the enemy, but know that I have given you more power than he has. I have given you power to crush his snakes and scorpions under your feet and nothing will hurt you. Now, I think there's a, an interesting reason that he added that phrase at the end of that that said nothing will hurt you. You know, down in, uh, and Ruby can identify with this, or if you've ever been down in Florida or even around here, but down in Florida, you have to be very mindful where you walk. Uh, down in the, out in the country where my grandmother lived, uh, on the, the farm there, you had to learn, and I learned this, and I still have this habit today, that you, you have to learn to walk looking 10 feet in front of you so that you don't step on any kind of snake. Now, listen, they've got three species of rattlesnakes. There's water moccasins, there's copperheads, there's coral snakes, there's all kinds of snakes and things that if you're not mindful and paying attention, uh, you have to look out for them, okay? Now, they're not out to get you, but they'll let you know they're there if you step on them. So what's, what's, one reason I think Jesus put this phrase on the end of this is that you don't have to worry about get, getting bitten when you step on the power of the enemy. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry that when you put your foot on that snake's head, that that snake is going to rear back and bite you. All right? Just a little side note. Thought you would like that. All right? So, uh, go with me over to Matthew's Gospel, the 18th chapter. Matthew 18. And let's look at some scripture there. Somebody says, you looking at all this out of those two verses? Yeah, because you need to understand what Jesus did. Okay? Matthew 18. Look at verse 18. Matthew 18, verse 18. Now, you're probably familiar with 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth as touching anything as they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father which is in heaven. But look at verse 18, because that, that's just as important as verse 19. Jesus said this. I'm going to read it from the New King James, and then I'm going to read it to you from the Passion. The New King James says this, Assuredly, I say to you. Now, when Jesus says something, mm -hmm. It's important. But when he begins it with assuredly, now the old King James would say this, verily, verily, okay? That's an old English way of saying, hey, 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 listen, what I'm getting ready to tell you is very important, all right? So he said this, assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, listen to the Passion Translation. Receive this truth. Whatever you forbid on earth will be considered to be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you release on earth will be considered to be released in heaven. Now, what is this verse saying? This verse is saying this, that when you speak to sickness and disease... According to the word of God, heaven will back what you say. Now, you need to get that. When you speak 
by faith in God's word, Jesus said, heaven will back what you say. Now, there's two different ways you can look at this verse. Another way to look at this verse is, is like this. What you say has to be in line with what's illegal in heaven. So, so let me say it to you this way. If it's illegal in heaven, it needs to be illegal in your life. What do I mean? Uh, let me ask you a question. Is there any sickness in heaven? No. No. All right. So if it's illegal for sickness to be in heaven, then it ought to be illegal for sickness to be in our life. Amen. Is there is there uh -huh. any poverty or lack in heaven? No. 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 Then poverty and lack is illegal in heaven, so therefore it ought to be illegal in our lives. Okay? <laughs> Somebody says, well, I, I just don't see that. But no, what you're doing is you're forgetting that you're not, or excuse me, you're forgetting that you're already a citizen of heaven. You belong Amen. there just as much as you belong here. Mm -hmm. You know, I, uh, I, uh, have a friend and unfortunately his father passed away this, this past weekend and, uh, in posting it on Facebook and, and I'm, I'm not being critical. I just want to point out something that, um, that when he posted it on Facebook, he said this, my father entered the kingdom of heaven Sunday night. Now, I know what he was trying to say, all right? I'm not being critical, but I want you to understand something. His father, who I happen to know was already born again, was already in the kingdom of heaven. So you need to understand you are already in the kingdom of heaven. You are part of the kingdom of heaven. And matter of fact, you are to occupy and enforce in the earth what should be legal or illegal in heaven. All right. Mm -hmm. And so when you speak to sickness and disease, when you speak to situations in your life, Jesus said, heaven will back you up. Heaven will stand behind what you say. Now you can't say dumb stuff. You got to stay stuff, say stuff that's in line with the word of God. All right. You can't just make stuff up off the top of your head. But when you yeah. speak the word of God, Heaven will stand behind what you are saying, all right? Mm. So again, when Jesus rebuked the fever in Peter's mother-in-law, the fever left. So that mm -hmm. is to say, listen to this, the sickness had ears to obey the authority that Jesus had. Let me say this to you. Sickness has ears to hear the authority that you have in Jesus' name. It has to obey you when you use the name, when you speak in the name, all right? Now, you've heard me quote this many times. We won't go there for the sake of time, but Mark 11, 22 and 23, this is when Jesus cursed the fig tree. Jesus responded and said, uh, have the faith of God or have faith in God or have the God kind of faith, the original language says. And he says, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, 
but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. All right, so Jesus is telling us mountains have ears. Did you get that? Yes. Yeah. All right, just like sickness and disease has ears. You need to understand something. And you know, of course, I'm not talking literally. <laughs> You're not going to find a mountain with any of these on the side of it, okay? But what I'm saying to you is that situation, that mountain has to hear what you have to say when you speak by faith in God's Word. Now, Jesus spoke to things, all right? Jesus spoke to things. Go with me back to uh, Mark chapter 4, please. Mark chapter 4. Now keep in mind what I described to you about rebuking, okay? what The definition that I gave to you about Jesus rebuking the fever, look at Mark chapter 4 and verse 39. Now this is when he and the disciples we're crossing the Sea of Galilee and a storm arose and Jesus was asleep up in the, the rear of the boat and the winds and the waves were great. And you remember they, uh, they went and uh, woke him up and said in verse 38, they said, Teacher, do you not care that, we per that we're perishing? Look at verse 39. Then Jesus arose and rebuked the wind and said to the See, peace be still. And the wind ceased, and the, there was a great calm. Now pay attention. Jesus spoke to things. He spoke to water, and he spoke to wind. And they had to obey him. They had no choice. All right? Why? Because Think about this with me. He's the very one that created them to begin with. John chapter mm -hmm. 1 says Jesus is the Word, and the Word made flesh dwelt among us. So when God formed and He spoke things into existence, He was using His Word. Jesus is the Word made flesh. So therefore, the Word spoke to these things, and they had to obey Him. Well, somebody says again, well, that was Jesus. Well, I understand that, but... The Word of God is just as valid in your mouth, in Jesus' name, as if Jesus spoke it Himself. <laughs> I hope you're getting this, all right? Yes. The Word of God contains the same power, no matter who speaks it, as long as they speak it, believing, and in the name of Jesus. All right? Now, you need to understand something. Words matter, and words rule. It'd be good if you wrote that down. Words matter, and words rule. Words are everything. Okay? You, you, I want you to think about something. Did you know the greatest thing that God could have ever given us in a, you know, leading to the new birth, leading to everything that Jesus bought and paid for, the most important thing 
that God could have ever given us is his word. Yes. Okay. Yes. Why, why does that take precedent over everything else? Because it's through the word we're born again. It's through the word we're baptized in the Holy Ghost. It's through the word we receive everything that, that we've received. All right. Now, make a note of this scripture. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. This verse says this, that God has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. God has translated us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Now, what does that mean? That means when you got born again, you got conveyed, one translation says, transferred, another translation says, translated. In other words, you were brought out of one kingdom and translated into another kingdom. All right? Now, think about this with me for just a moment. How did that take place? It took place when you heard the gospel. Somebody told you that God loves you and Jesus died for you and that whoever calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. And so you said, I believe that. I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for me. I believe that he was raised from the dead. And Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. With those words, get this, with those words spoken by faith in God's word, it contained enough power to take you out of one kingdom and put you into God's kingdom. Glory, hallelujah. Okay? Enough power to translate you from one place spiritually to another place spiritually. Mm-hmm. All contained within the Word of God. All right? Now, I want to remind you, you remember uh, the story of the centurion? I tell you what, go over there. I don't want to just quote it to you. Look at Matthew chapter 8, please. Y'all getting anything out of this? Yes. Yes, sir. All right. Matthew 8, look at verse 5. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. Somebody says, Lord, all this got to do with Jesus rebuking that fever? Yep, it sure yes. does. <laughs> okay. Look, Matthew 8, 5. Now, this is the story of the centurion that came to Jesus and said, Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I'll come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority and having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go. And he goes to another, come. And he comes and to my servant, do this. And he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. So what was it that Jesus marveled at? This centurion understood the power of words. Amen. Notice Jesus, he came to Jesus and he said, Jesus, my servant is uh, that I care about is 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 sick is not doing well and uh so jesus said i'll come down i'll come to to your house with you and the centurion said no 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 you don't even need to do that 
Just say the word and my servant will be healed. Yeah. And so that's what got Jesus attention because this centurion understood the power of words. Now, how did this centurion understand that? Because if you think about it, all of the military functions under the power of words. Uh -huh. It functions because all somebody with a little authority has to do is say something and it comes to pass. All right. So just like the centurion said, if I say go, they go. If I say come, they come. If I say do this, they do this. Same thing is true in the military today. All of it functions uh, by the power of words. I tell you what, if you ever want to see something funny, uh, entertaining rather, uh, go to YouTube and do a search for uh, guys entering Marine Corps boot camp and their first interactions with their drill sergeant. It is absolutely hysterical because these drill sergeants, the first thing they do is they introduce you to the power of words <laughs> and that you had better listen to every word they say and you'd better <laughs> echo back to them every word they say. And it, it's really entertaining, but at the same point, it drives home this point that words contain power and words in the mouth of a believer, God's word in the mouth of a believer, will contain and carry out what God desires for it to carry out and to do. So um, let's go back to Luke chapter 4, please. And let's pick up there with our story. We've gone all over the New Testament tonight, but that's okay. Luke chapter 4, verse 39. Let me read 38 again. It says, Now he arose from the synagogue and entered into Simon's house, but Simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever, and they made request of him concerning her. So he stood, verse 39, over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her, and immediately she arose and served them. Now I want you to notice something. Look at the last part of verse 39. So Jesus rebukes the fever, the fever leaves, and immediately the woman gets up and serves them. Notice, mm -hmm. notice the power of God did not get her up. She got up. Yes. Mm. Now, why is that important? Notice she, yeah, she had to mm -hmm. act on mm -hmm. what was said. And notice this. She was, now the Bible says when Jesus spoke, the fever left her. But notice she didn't mm -hmm. lay around to see if it was going to come back. Gotta, you know, to make, to make sure, uh, is this, is this for real? Is this healing really going to stay? Is it, you know, uh, you know, I tried this one time and it left for a minute, but then it came back. No, she didn't do any of that. The moment Jesus spoke those words, the fever left her. It says, and immediately she got up and, uh, and she served them. So she could have laid there and waited for it to come back, but she didn't. And as Brenda said, she put corresponding actions with mm -hmm. her faith. Now, mm -hmm. you know, let me, let me say something to you. Let's, let's say this. She might have been healed, but felt tired because of what her body was going through. And that's legitimate. Mm -hmm. But notice she refused to let how she felt dictate what she was going to do. 
Look, write this mm -hmm. down, please. Believing is a choice and not a feeling. That's right. Believing is a choice and not a feeling. You're going to have to believe some stuff when you don't feel like it. And when I say stuff, I mean you're going to have to believe God's Word when you don't feel like it. You're going to have to believe that God's Word is true when your circumstances are screaming at you saying it's not true. You're going to have to believe, make a decision to believe God's Word is true and God will do what He says He will do when it looks like nothing is changing, nothing is, is happening. You must make a decision not based on how you feel, not based on what the circumstances say, but based simply on what God's Word says. I choose mm -hmm. to believe the Word. She chose mm -hmm. to believe that what happened in her body as a result of Jesus' words was her healing, and it belonged to her. Now, mm -hmm. notice what it says, and it says, Immediately she arose and served them. You know what's interesting about that word served? It's the Greek word diakonos. Let me spell it for you. D-I-A-K-O-N-O-S. D-I-A-K-O-N-O-S. It's the, the word that we get deacon from. Now, why is that significant? It says that she rose up to serve them, okay? Now, what this word deacon or diakonos means in the Greek is to serve someone not based on the relationship, but based on the work that needs to be done. Amen. Okay? So let me, let me use it, this as an illustration. The reason we use that word deacon in the church, which of course comes from this word, diakonos, okay? The reason that that word deacon is used in the scriptures and we use it in, in our church, it churches, is because you ought to serve the Lord, not necessarily only because of your relationship with Him, but because of what needs to be done. Yes. Okay? Mm -hmm. So what am I saying? She got up and served them, not because she was Peter's mother-in-law, not because mm. Peter's wife was her daughter. No, she got up and served them because it needed to happen, and she let that be the motivation for her getting up. In other words, I am not going to lay around in this bed or whatever she was lying on and allow this fever, this sickness, to keep from being done what needs to be done. I am healed, so therefore I'm going to get about the Father's business, is another yeah. way of saying it. I am healed, so I am going to do what needs to be done. All right? Let me, let me illustrate it this way. Um, there have been times when I've had to go and preach the Word when I didn't feel like preaching the Word. Why? Because it needed to be done. Yes. Yeah. I didn't go and preach just because 
I'm saved. I didn't go and preach just because I'm a child of God. I went and preached because that's what I'm called to do. That's what I'm supposed to do. And I knew it would help the people. Now, what am I saying? She got up and served them, not because she was Peter's mother-in-law and that now Jesus is in her house. No, she served them because it needed to be done in order to help the people. Now, here's what mm -hmm. I want you to see. She used this newfound strength in her physical body that came as a result of her mm -hmm. healing in service to the Lord and His purpose. Okay? Mm -hmm. Let me say this to you. You don't get healed in your body so you can lay around and watch television 24 hours a day. Amen. You get healed in your body by the power of God so you can carry out the will of God. Right? That's what I'm saying to you in a roundabout way. Now, one of the best ways to keep the devil from being able to steal your healing is to go about once you're healed and to fulfill God's plan for your life. Walk out the plan of God for your life. All right? So once you're healed and you have healing in your body, your protection from the devil, part of your protection from the devil is for you to walk out God's will for your life. Okay? So thank God for faith. Of course, I, you know, we preach and teach faith. But I want you to notice something. Faith and obedience to the will of God go hand in hand. The two yes. work together. You're not going to be able to stand in faith when you're outside and you're disobeying the will of God. So God's will is where our safe place is. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, in those two little verses, we see how Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law, how he rebuked the fever. The fever had to go. It had to listen to what Jesus said. Mm -hmm. And, and then what the result was, and I, again, I want to emphasize to you, when you're dealing with something that the enemy's trying to bring to pass in your life, answer it. Answer it. Say something to it. Okay? Don't just sit idly by. And somebody says, well, you know, I thought about healing. No, thinking about it is not enough. You've got to speak the word. Speak Amen. the word. Speak mm -hmm. the word. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. All right. Did y'all get anything out of this tonight? Yes. Okay. Yes, sir. Praise God. Yes. Well, by the way, you know, all of my notes are always on the website. So if you missed anything, you can go there and download these and uh, print them out, do whatever you want to. You know, if you end up teaching a Bible study, take my notes, teach them, do whatever you need to, but study them. Get them down in your heart. And listen, as we go through all these cases, don't let it just be a one night a week thing. Think about this. Meditate on it. Spend time processing mm -hmm. this and getting this in your mm -hmm. spirit. Because as I said at the very beginning, it is God's will for you to be healed just as much as it was any of these 19 people. All right? Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Thanks once again for tuning in to the Spring Hill Church Podcast. We hope that you have been blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about the church, please feel free to visit us at springhill.cc.